It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo! For edition of this week in fantasy coming up in just a couple minutes, Sigmund Bloom will join me. Can't wait for a solid thirty plus minutes because Sigmund is awesome, and we are lucky to have his fantasy brain giving us wisdom on this show. So I'll get to that in short order. As uh, uh, you guys don't need to hear me, you want to hear Sigmund. If you do want to hear more of my thoughts on Start Sit, I have a Start Sit column coming out tomorrow, Friday. On BleedingGreenNation.com. Who cares? I had a good first two weeks. Oh, good for you! And an awful, atrocious, terrible, shitty week three, so... Are you professional or not? Hopefully back on track in week four again. Just a terrible week last week. Across the board, my fantasy calls, my fantasy lineups, my daily fantasy lineups. Seltzer's a moron. Just... One of those rough weeks, so hopefully we'll get it back on track this week. I do feel much better about the week four slates. That's coming out on BleedingGreenNation.com tomorrow. Hopefully it'll make you laugh. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown? I amuse you? Even if, uh, like last week, I, I failed to give you good fantasy advice, I feel very good about this week. I'm calling my shot. I want winners. I will do a better job this week as I did in weeks one and two. Also, in case you missed it, probably a little late, but moving forward, if you are a Patreon member, I will be doing a Tuesday waiver wire show for the Patreon.com. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't tell you how humbled and appreciative we are. And if you're interested in supporting, go to patreon.com slash BGN radio. Also, this Sunday coming up, the Delaware Park show for the WIP Facebook page. John Barchard, myself, and Jack Fritz will be breaking down every single game, both the gambling lines, but more importantly, fantasy aspects from every game. We'll be taking questions, all that good stuff. That's going to be from 1030 to 1230 this Sunday, right up close to game times, help you get set. And of course, while that 930 London game is on, don't forget to set your lineups early for that London game, especially DFS tournaments that start with that game. Be aware, again, that 930 Eastern time start on Sunday morning, so uh, after that at 10.30, come see us. Uh, we'll give you all the help that we can. Of course, you can hit me up 
on Twitter at James Seltzer, and hopefully I can help you out there as well. So, again, enough of me. Let's get into it. It's time! 30-plus minutes with Sigmund Bloom. We break down every single game on the slate and a fun inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom as well. So let's get to it. Here is Sigmund Bloom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest that we are lucky to have in the corner of footballguys.com. Terrific, awesome work being done over there on like every level of fantasy, like injuries and DFS and this and that, like everything. They cover it from like A to Z. It's it's, uh, certainly worth it um, going over there and checking that out. So, uh, and again, as always, super lucky to have him on. I, I am uh, always looking forward to this time of the week, uh, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what's up, brother? Uh, just another week in, in the churn in the NFL washing machine, and I don't feel like we're any smarter than we were when we talked last week. Yeah, I feel like that's usually the case for us. As uh, Whenever we've been doing this, I feel like uh, you know we try and be smarter, and sometimes uh, sometimes... The NFL doesn't uh, doesn't agree. I mean, like when Cam Newton is uh, is most people's like you know top three, top five quarterback going in, and uh, he might just be done. So, like you said, it's hard to kind of see what's for real and what's not. Um, as always, Sigmund uh, rolls through each game on the slate this week, and then later we'll go inside his mind, uh, which is my favorite part. But we have to wait. Uh, good things come late. Uh, you have to get through the football stuff, uh, which I'm sure most of you are uh, interested in as well. So um, uh, let's start off with the Thursday night game tonight. The Chicago Bears taking on the Packers. Uh, what are you expecting here? Aaron Rodgers is usually very good at home against the Bears. Uh, he is missing probably both of his starting tackles. Uh, we'll see if that gets to him, but he's had three solid to good games already. And Randall Cobb's going to be back. Ty Montgomery has been the workhorse uh, on the bear side. You know, this has been a competitive team at home and they just got run over on the road by the bucks. And uh, in Lambeau, we will see if Jordan Howard, his shoulder injury may or may not flare up if the game script is good for him. But we know Tariq Cohen is still probably going to lead this team in receptions. Uh, it's, chances are the Packers will have the upper hand here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, interesting. I usually feel like there's not going to be a lot of points on Thursday night. And then last week happens and you never know what to expect. All right, let's uh, get into the Sunday slate, the early games. One in London yet again, coming off a uh, Jacksonville just romp last week in London. Uh, uh, this time Miami heading out there, taking on the New Orleans Saints, a home game for Miami. How do you feel about this one, Sigmund? Yeah, what's interesting here is uh, New Orleans actually went to London Monday. So to see if that helps them adjust, uh, New Orleans defense came alive against Cam Newton. Their offense started finishing drives. Miami looked like a very solid team winning on the road against the Chargers in week one and then lost lost handily to the Jets. Yeah, the man. Jets. Yeah. So. It took Adam Gase a few weeks last year to get this offense on track. Maybe Jay Cutler is a little different uh, element to have to work in there, but it looked good with Cutler uh, in week two. So we would normally want to say, hey, play all of your Dolphins against the Saints defense. But uh, I'm I'm not sure, you know, we're getting a a little nervous about Jay Ajayi. Devontae Parker only came through in garbage time. I I don't know that Cutler's an automatic play here. Landry, Jarvis Landry's looking like a good PPR play. On the New Orleans side, they get Willie Sneed back, but they also fed Michael Thomas like a true number one receiver. So he's going to start returning dividends and Breeze is returning dividends now that his game is settling down. 
Yeah, uh, crazy, tough, tough run here for Miami. Obviously, they're playing 16 games straight, but also going from uh, the West Coast back to the East Coast to face the Jets, now all the way over to London and then back. Um, I am not bullish on the Dolphins with all that travel, uh, all else things being equal. Uh, all right, uh, moving on to the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, the Texans coming off a surprisingly uh, confident performance against New England, hosting the uh, all-of-a-sudden juggernaut Tennessee Titans. How do you see this one playing out, Sigmund? Yeah, as you said, competent. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, beyond his years, calm. And with fantasy, we like the running ability he adds. I may get Will Fuller back this week. He's riffing with Ryan Griffin, who looks like a good play here against Tennessee if you're struggling for a tight end. And, And Watson could be a solid play. Uh, and I think on the Tennessee side, we're seeing this offense really come into focus now. And some way some of the youngsters are being moved into the offense, even with Corey Davis hurt, Johnny Smith and Taewon Taylor. This is all helping Marcus Mariota. DeMarco Murray said, don't forget about me last week. And, and this is a, a good game for both of these teams that, you know, week one uh, really couldn't have gone much worse for Houston and Tennessee. Uh, stung with a home loss to Oakland, and now both of these teams have things going in the right direction. If, if there's such thing as, as as a moral victory, I, I think the Texans should be proud of how they played in Foxborough. Almost got the win in Foxborough over Tom Brady. So I, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, no, me too. Certainly will tell us a lot about that division. I think a lot of people have kind of handed it to Tennessee. Uh, be interesting to see how it plays out. I love Deshaun Watson. I loved him in college. I thought he'd be a great pro and, and certainly off to a good start. Going back to uh, two teams who both uh, surprised last week in good ways. The Jags, as I said, just killing the uh, Ravens 44-7 to in London. Flying back to take on those not winless New York Jets. Is there any fantasy goodness in this one, Sigmund? Yeah, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's going to run over the Jets' face probably. And, you know, I think we can now diagnose the Jags that if they're playing a weaker team, they can really pin them down and take their lunch money. Uh, but if they're playing a better team, then maybe it's their lunch money that's going to be taken. I, I think even with what the Jets did against the, the Dolphins, uh, the Jags are going to match up really well against them. And, and they're going to keep it simple and keep it simple for Blake Bortles. Uh, on the Jets' side, the interesting thing here is Matt Forte with that turf toe. We saw Bilal Powell last year as a, a top 10, top 12 fantasy running back when Forte was out, although they have the rookie Eli Mc- Choir now, so we'll watch him. This is a little bit different of a Jets team than what we saw last year when Chan Gailey was running the offense and they hadn't gone into tank mode. But even in tank mode, they got a win at home last week. So you, maybe it's something about the jersey cooking for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. But I, I think you're going to see Leonard Fournette get 30 carries in this one, 100 yards, a touchdown, and do well. Yeah, I could totally see that. 100%. I think the Jets last week, not necessarily uh, indicative of anything other than Miami with a a very lackluster performance coming back off the West Coast is, is you know, how I read it. Powell, I think an interesting play. I agree. I don't think Forte's going to play. And I also think some of the Jacksonville thing is they just, they just know how to travel to London. And I wish I had factored that in. But I do think that that matters with the way football players are as creatures of habit and all that stuff. Uh, moving on to uh, the aforementioned New England Patriots, uh, home of the moral victory Last week for the Texans, if there is one, as you said, the Pats hosting a uh, a ugly looking Carolina team right now. Uh, what do you think about this one? And and is Cam just done? Yeah, that this is a, a sort of last stand game in fantasy football for Cam Newton, who over the last season, really since the concussion, uh, I think it was against Atlanta, just hasn't been the same. Um, you know, you know, this is a guy that once got into a. a a car accident, a truck accident, or his truck rolled over. I think he played either the next week and, and mm-hmm. looked fantastic. So the Superman, uh, you know, maybe he found 
kryptonite. But I, I think on the New England side, it's similar to the matchup against Houston last week where Carolina has some good players in the front seven. They're going to make it tough for them to run the ball, may get some pressure on Tom Brady. But Brady now with the downfield passing game, we haven't seen him throwing downfield like this since 2007 with Cooks and Gronkowski and Chris Hogan. I think they're going to have that working. On the Carolina side, you're going to see a lot of things flow through Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's a safe play. Uh, and if they're playing catch-up, Devin Funches is actually playing well. Cam Newton can even get it dialed in a little bit more. Funches could be a nice play in garbage time. Yeah, I love Funches, especially on daily sites. I just wish I, I can't trust Cam at all right now. I, I'm benching him in, in the one league I own him in. And, and you know, if I had to drop him, I, I would consider it. But frustrating. I agree. I think the Patriots just keep uh, keep putting up points. Moving on to Minnesota as a uh, uh, Case Keenum, what the heck, man, uh, hosting the Lions, who uh, might actually be good. Interesting NFC North battle here. How do you see this one playing out here? Yeah, very fascinating here. And I, I think that, you know, we're not going to bench Dalvin Cook or Stephon Diggs again, and maybe not even Adam Thielen. Yeah, it's actually Case Keenum with the, the Superman under his shirt, uh, the way he played against uh, Tampa. Tampa's defense did get banged up. Uh, you know, we'll come back to that when we talk about that matchup this week. And, and Detroit, you know, really, you see how they, we'll see how they react to this bitter loss they had last week. This is a good showdown at NFC North between two teams that have gotten off to pretty good starts, uh, even though we expected them to have to face some adversity. But, you know, Matthew Stafford's numbers should should look better than they do. Uh, he was playing uh, a conservative game plan against the Giants. Should have had a touchdown at the end last week. Uh, it's a very tough Vikings defense. So it's it's tough to see a play, even Stafford or Golden Tate on the Lions side. But as a whole, you know, they can probably go into Minnesota and be pretty competitive. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, uh, again, this is a team that I uh, I think I underestimated. They're, I think they're decent. I think the Lions are going to be in it this year. And same with the Vikings, depending on if, if Case Keenum can continue to, to show what he showed last week, if pressed into duty, what, what the Bradford situation is, all that. Either way, I, I Dalvin Cook, uh, legit. All right, the uh, the Bills heading into the uh, Falcons. Just mentioned there, Tyrod has been much better at uh, home than on the road, but uh, a much worse defense than he ate up last week. How do you see this one kind of shaking out here? Uh, any defense uh, going to be played here? Yeah, right. Well, hey, the Bills have not given up a passing touchdown yet this year. That is and- crazy. And if Zay Jones doesn't drop a pass that Tyrod Taylor probably could have thrown a little bit better, the Bills are 3-0. This yeah, could be a matchup a of 3-0 point. teams. So I, I do think that you have to play LaShawn McCoy, although he'll be contained. The defenses will focus on him. Tyrod Taylor becomes an interesting play if you believe that Atlanta's offense at home is going to stake them to a lead. And they did against Green Bay. You know, They really outplayed Green Bay in every facet of the game in their one home game. So you like Matt Ryan, who... Atlanta's settled for a lot of field goals. Devontae Freeman's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. Matt Ryan, for fantasy, has been playing better than his numbers show. Uh, we'll watch Julio Jones and that back injury. But just when we start to feel a little unsure about Julio, that's when he throws that that 10 for 200 kind of game at us. So we'll see what he does against a, a Buffalo secondary that was pieced together with, I think, four new members going into this year that just played outstanding football. Yeah, it's crazy. They have not been uh, challenged as much. Trevor Simeon you know, didn't look quite as, as good, but... Fair points. I, I definitely think uh, I think Shady against that Atlanta defense, since he's been involved more in the passing game, is um, is a nice play this week. Uh, obviously, you're starting him if you own him in seasonal, but I think in daily, there's the chance for a big week. Is obviously, like you said, that the defense will key on him, but I think there is some opportunity there. Moving on, uh, uh, the classic rivalry of uh, the uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers heading into face a Ravens team. Coming back from London with their asses a bit chapped, you might yeah. say. 
both of these teams are kind of disgraced by how they've been playing. And I think, you know, obviously you always play Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but we're fading Roethlisberger and Martavis Bryant on the road. And we're starting to wonder about Roethlisberger, you know, father time catching up with him and his, his game fading. And it's not just the road home splits and Baltimore's offense is just gross. You're not going to be playing anybody. I mean, this game could come down to field goals, safeties, defensive touchdowns. It'll be a street fight like every Ravens-Steelers game. But uh, I think after week three, knowing that this is the class of the AFC North, it is not a very comforting thought for AFC North matches. We've got two of them this week. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, uh, you know, you figure that that the Steelers will turn it around at some point as they usually find a way to get it together. But the offense, you know, certainly has been a disappointment so far. Through three weeks of the season. Speaking of that other AFC North matchup, this one even uglier as the uh, Bengals heading in to take on the Browns. Uh, what do you do with this one? Yeah, two zero and three teams. Uh, at least the Bengals' offense was revived. For fantasy, we're watching Joe Mixon here. This could be the Joe Mixon breakout game if you want to get him get their trade offers in now. Uh, and of course, restoring the offense to revolve around AJ Green has helped a lot. Uh, and on the Cleveland side, uh, Duke Johnson looks like the best player in the Cleveland offense. Will they continue to feature him? Certainly, if they're playing from behind, it's a lot more chance for him to get snaps and targets. And he, he's looking like uh, he's really getting into his prime physically and breaking tackles and even looking a little like superstar Chris Thompson. So, you know, a a few fantasy angles in this one, but this reminds me of the time, you know, back in the times, whenever these were the the least when Cleveland and Cincinnati would play, uh, except for that little uh, flash there in the eighties, it was usually one of the the least essential games of the week. Yeah. I think you could look at these two teams and make an argument. The, uh, the two saddest, most, you know, lamest, whatever you want to say, franchises over the past, 30 plus 40 years or whatever in the in the NFL um so this year seems to be uh, another uh in in the many line of uh of down years all right moving on let's head out to uh the our hated uh hated rival here is the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Los Angeles Rams Dallas looked better from a fantasy perspective against Arizona LA's probably got a little bit better defense how do you see this one kind of shaking out yeah, Dak Prescott's playing fantastic. We want to see if Des Bryant starts to bounce back. You're sticking by him, even though he's had some tough matchups. And Ezekiel Elliott, they should ex- expect to establish the run here and, and feed him on the Rams side. And the last time we saw Jared Goff, he was really clicking in the Sean McVay offense. We'll see if Sammy Watkins gets out of concussion protocol. And the hurly-gurly man singing mm-hmm. songs of love and touchdowns. And, and you know, th- this is something to watch, especially as he continues to be involved in the passing game. And they've really done an excellent job leveraging the talent and then that tremendous talent that we didn't see last year rising back to the surface. Yeah, I, I, trust me, I, I know all about it. I was uh, I was playing against a team with Gurley and Garcon in a PPR league last week. So I would pretty much lost after, uh, after Thursday Night Football. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. My squad here, our squad for, for many listeners, I'm sure, uh, heading out to Los Angeles to play in a soccer stadium, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Chargers. Theoretically, seemingly some potential for fantasy, uh, fantasy good stuff in this one, Sigmund. Maybe, you know, the Eagles found a, a recipe that seemed to work, uh, although it, it took a little amazing kick at the end to hold on of have more balanced offense and certainly against the Chargers pass rush. Uh, you saw the Chiefs do that last week. And I, I wonder if we're going to see more Wendell Smallwood and LeGarrette Blunt in this one in a moment of silence for Terrence Sproles. Yeah, that's uh, for sure, he, man. 
he's in, he's in my Hall of Fame. You know, and then, and then on the Chargers side, uh, you know, this was an Eagles defense going to last week that we thought was really going to control key games for them, but they didn't get to Eli Manning once. Uh, they really let the Giants passing game get going in a way that we hadn't seen anything remotely like in the first two weeks. Uh, but Phillip Rivers, yet another quarterback, are we wondering, is father time catching up with him? You know, while Eli Manning is getting up off the deck, uh, Rivers threw three, should have been four interceptions last week, and, you know, the Eagles have some ball hawks back there. So this is going to be a, a really fascinating game because I could see this going any number of directions. Yeah, uh, the, I would. what I'll say with the defense is they were missing a couple key guys. Cox and Hicks got hurt early. Um, Cox doesn't look like he'll be back for L.A., but Hicks probably uh, looks like he will. Either way, it should be interesting because I think the Giants kind of put a formula out there to how to kind of combat that Eagles D-line by just going with really quick, you know, boom, boom, boom type passes. Manning heard something like Manning got uh, like 34 of his passes out in two seconds or less, something crazy like that. Um, I I don't know if that number is correct, but a large percentage of his passes out very quickly. So uh, I think you might see that the Chargers attempted mimic something like that. But uh, either way, it should be interesting. Uh, I agree. All right, heading out to uh, Tampa Bay, as, as you mentioned before, that defense facing a Giants offense that showed some signs of life. And uh, Tampa Bay, a, a rough week after uh, everyone seemingly anointing them as the uh, you know, sleeper team they thought they were after that week one performance. Where are you on the Bucks and, uh, and the Giants heading into to Tampa Bay? Yeah, facing Case Keenum, what could go wrong? But uh, <laughs> they're missing so many key players on defense right now. Gerald McCoy, Quan Alexander's banged up. Levante David's going to be out for a while. Uh, not that the Giants have a running game to exploit that, but as you said, they found a recipe that worked on offense. Brandon Marshall's come back to life. Odell Beckham is healthy. Sterling Shepard is doing things. Evan Ingram's been a revelation as a rookie. Uh, and I think you're going to see a, a similar recipe uh, and, and one that I don't know that the Bucks have a, a way to slow down right now. On the Bucks side, Jameis Winston had good numbers last week, but only because because the Vikings jumped out to such a huge lead. The Giants defense is still a handful. And uh, I think that you may see the Giants go in and, and get a road win here. You know, you, you like Mike Evans, but uh, we'll see if Tampa's offense can get in gear when Doug Martin comes back. But that's not for another week. Yeah. It, yeah. And Janoris Jenkins is, uh, you know, if healthy and out there, he's he's legit. So I, I do worry a little bit about Evans this week as well. And, you know, I don't know. I, this is uh, the Giants uh, 0-3. So. Um, you know, their season probably already over, but certainly over if they drop this one in Tampa Bay. All right, heading uh, down to the uh, NFC West as we got a clash of uh, some teams that have not looked great so far, but, you know, the potential for some points maybe as the Niners coming off a giant offensive showing in, against the Rams on Thursday night, uh, extra rest heading into Arizona, coming off short rest against Dallas. How do you feel about this? Yeah, this and the Rams are looking good in this division right now. The division feels wide open. Uh, you know, the, the Niners maybe not in it, but Arizona. This is an important game as Carson Palmer is one of those older quarterbacks who is trending in the right direction. And Larry Fitzgerald, uh, another player that it's well into his career, trending in the right direction. They don't have much going in the running game. Not much going among the complementary receivers. Uh, Andre Ellington looks like he's starting to come on though. As uh, you know, a, a right running back slash wide receiver who's being cross trained. He, he's looking pretty good on the San Francisco side. We saw Brian. Hoyer finally get something going in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, Pierre Garcon doing good things downfield. He might clash with Patrick Peterson a lot in this one. I don't know if the 49ers have anybody else to turn to except for Carlos Hyde, but this is a good Arizona run defense. So, uh, you know, Arizona is trying to uh, get off the deck after the tough Monday night loss and still hang around in a division that feels open until Seattle returns to form. 
Yeah, Seattle, I do expect at some point to get it together, but maybe that's just, you know, been beaten into me uh, over the years. All right, uh, moving on uh, to the opposite uh, uh, AFC West. The, I was going to say the opposite coast, but that wouldn't make any sense, Sigmund. We're sticking on the yeah. West Coast. We're just sw- swapping, uh, swapping conferences. The Oakland Raiders heading into Denver, one of the uh, the better matchups of the week. How do you see this one kind of shaking out with a uh, you know Raiders offense coming off an awful performance against a uh, a great Denver defense that uh, didn't look as great last week? Yeah, this is the thing, right? Both of these teams are in a bit of turmoil right now. I think on the Oakland side, after two weeks, you might have said that it was, it was them or Kansas City also in this division as the best teams in the NFL. And, and then they go into Washington and, and really get thoroughly, soundly beaten every facet of the game. Uh, and this is a tough matchup for Derek Carr. He's never really been able to do too much. You know, Maybe this is a game that hinges a lot on how much Marshawn Lynch can get going for this team. But I would expect Amari Cooper, who's been struggling, that should continue. Uh, I mean, maybe Jared Cook is another player to watch here that they might turn to more as uh, Denver will shut down their wide receivers. Uh, and their, their defense also wasn't doing them any favors last week. Denver, Trevor Simeon, you know, it's starting to everything he did in the first two weeks is all in the rearview mirror now. And they do have Brock Osweiler. Rekindling this romance. I'm just saying if, if, if Simeon has trouble against uh, Oakland and, and they lose this one and, it, you know, there's no margin of error in this division. Just watch out for that. But, you know, CJ Anderson is now sharing with Jamal Charles, Devonte Booker is coming back, if not this week, very soon. So that's making a mess out of that. Uh, We'll see how Simeon plays. Obviously, there's good matchups here for Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, but this one's much more fascinating uh, in NFL terms than fantasy terms. Yeah, I agree. I, I still like Simeon. I don't think he's going to be great every week, but I think there's the opportunity for him to be a serviceable fill-in for you. But um, we'll see how it how it shakes out. This should be a matchup that he can succeed in, so uh, we should know more next week. All right, uh, moving to the Sunday night matchup in uh, maybe one of the worst teams we've seen in a Sunday night or in a while. That's amateur football there. That's just intolerable. Colts heading into a uh, not as good as we thought either Seattle uh, Seahawk uh, team. What do you think about this uh, heck of a Sunday nighter here? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett was fantastic in, in the first half against the Browns, but this is a little different going into Seattle. Uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton might have stung you if you had him on your bench, so you might put him back in, although this could go back to being how it was the first two weeks. Also, you know, we heard that Andrew Luck was going to practice this week and start to get close to coming back by week six. Uh, I'm not so sure about that now, so Brissett is going to remain the starter at least for a couple more weeks there. Uh, but Seattle, this is a, an easy get-right game for them. I would say that Russell Wilson, we saw finally getting things going. Indy doesn't really have pass rushers to corral him. Uh, Chris Carson, CJ Precise is, is hurt now and out for a while. So Chris Carson's going to have a chance to really rule his backfield and uh, have a chance to have great fantasy value for you. If Doug Baldwin's battling a groin injury, he says he's going to play. It's a Sunday night game. So in our fantasy lineup setting, you might have to uh, stick your neck out. Let's watch and see what he does with practice on Friday. If he doesn't go, then Jimmy Graham and maybe one of uh, Tyler Lockett or Paul Richardson could be excellent plays against uh, Indy, although Vontae Davis could be back this week. Uh, and he had that quote of the week says, when Russell Wilson's scrambling, if your guy goes to get popcorn, then you're putting the popcorn in the bag for him. Yeah, no, it's a great quote. Let's see if he can, uh, if he can stick to it. Uh, no, Doug Baldwin would certainly help that. And uh, I, I will say, I think, uh, you know, in those type of situations, it's always good to, if there is a Paul Richardson on the wire or a Tyler Lockett on the wire, that might be a way where you can kind of 
you know, play it uh, where you could still kind of wait and, and maybe get Baldwin in if he does play. Uh, all right, a, uh, a better Monday night game is the Redskins uh, coming off uh, looking like a decent uh, team all of a sudden after uh, everyone writing them off after week one, heading in to face what many people think is the best team in football as of the moment, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this one, uh, a lot of uh, potential fantasy starters in this one as well. Uh, will they be happy? I think so. I mean, this is going to be a really fun game to watch as, as Washington had their best game, maybe the, the Kirk Cousins era. Uh, Cousins has a very tough matchup against Kansas City. And what's fascinating to watch is how this offense is settling in. And even without Jordan Reed, and you know, we'll see if he's a game-time decision again. Vernon Davis looking like he you know, he's still in the prime of his career, and he's someone that's worth looking at with the state of the tight end position if Reed can't go again this week. The backfield's a bit of a mess as Kelly's banged up. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan's banged up. And yes, you keep playing Chris Thompson until it lets you down. Uh, we haven't seen anything like this in fantasy football before, but he looks like 2012 C.J. Spiller right now. Uh, you're seeing also Josh Doxson starting to, to make plays for this team. Ryan Grant's making plays. Uh, Terrell Pryor not making plays. So it, it, it's going to be a good test for Kirk Cousins after Oakland wasn't really a test. On the Kansas City side, it's all Kareem Hunt. Uh, we'll see if Travis Kelsey bounces back, but you're keeping him in your lineup either way. He, they didn't really need him last week to beat the Chargers, and then Tyreek Hill. And it, you know, it was it's not a fluke. I think we can say now three weeks in, uh, his rookie year is not something that was an illusion or something teams are going to catch up to. He really is that dynamic, and Andy Reid's going to find ways to keep getting him open deep. And Alex Smith can actually throw deep now. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill's legit. Kareem Hunt's legit. Uh, they have weapons out there for the first time. Obviously, Travis Kelsey as well. Uh, and and uh, as you said with Washington, I think uh, I think this uh, a big week for Kirk Cousins because Kansas City has shown, um, you know, in two out of the three weeks at least that they can. Uh, I guess they kind of helped Brady through the air, but uh, Wentz certainly put up some numbers against him in the air, and, and there is the potential there. So it should be interesting from that perspective as well. All right. Uh, the time uh, that at least I've been waiting for. Let's go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. I have another four pack of completely unrelated questions. Uh, so let's dive in. Question number one, if you could be any actor in any role, so if you could play in, if you were an actor and you could play any one role in the history of, of movies or, or theater or whatever, what role would you play? Yeah, just like, I mean, you hear me chewing on the scenery now. I guess it's got to be Scarface. It's got to be Al Pacino and Scarface. I mean, mean, how could there be a more fun role to play than Scarface? I I think that's, it's the most bombastic role in the history of cinema. And it would, it would be a blast to get to do that. That's a great answer. It would be so much fun to to play that role. Um, All right. uh, Question number two. Uh, you can have one athlete in their sport, you know, whatever game they play, to win one game. So you have to win one game, and, and the sport is of your choosing by choosing the athlete. But you have to win one game with your life on the line. If your team loses, you're out. You have to pick one athlete to be the front man of that team, and the rest are all, let's just say, you know, uh, whatever, average guys. Who's the guy you're taking in their sport? Wow. I mean, there's a lot of elements to this question because you pick the sport and and the player and then you can have the the dynamic of the sport revolving around the player. And, and my mind seems to want to go to um, a pitcher in baseball. And, uh, you know, there's lots of names going through my head, but I got to stay true to my roots here, my Pittsburgh roots. And I'm saying, give me Mario Lemieux 
in a hockey game and he's going to score five goals and three assists and the rest of us can hold it together and, you know, hold the team to four or five goals in opposition. Lemieux can put us on, on his back and carry us. I, what's funny is I, I, I had a feeling you were going to go Lemieux. It's a great answer. I think from a logic perspective, I think you were right to reason it out that way. Obviously a NBA player, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you would think makes a lot of sense, but a pitcher in uh, in in baseball, or maybe a goalie in hockey, probably the two guys who have the best opportunity in just a one game setting. So I like that. I get. I think I would probably go Pedro Martinez in his prime. I've never seen a pitcher who was. I was just, thinking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Who? Well, who just made me feel so helpless if I were watching and and rooting for the other team, where I was just like, all right, well, we're not going to beat this guy. Like it's it's just over. Yeah, and I was thinking, because as a Pirates fan, the tire tracks are still on our backs from like five years ago. It was Madison Bumgardner, you know, yeah, uh, during that one postseason. Was that, that was the first name that popped in my head. But that's another gotta, great answer, yeah. I got to stay true to my roots. No, I like it. I like it. All right, question number three. Today is Google's birthday, and uh, or, or I guess their self-proclaimed birthday. Uh, what is your favorite thing about the internet? Ooh, um... I think that my my personal favorite thing about the internet is uh, as a kid of the 80s and uh, remote controls and and channel changing, you know, like we'll look at a look at one image for a split second and go to the next channel and go to the next channel like before we had the on-screen guide and things like that. Uh, the internet can entertain my short attention span and it and at the same time it can allow me to go off on tangents of tangents of tangents and it makes sense to my brain where uh, that, that's something we didn't have the capability to do so uh the the internet basically will allow your brain to go wherever it wants to yeah it's terrific especially like you said for people who didn't always have the internet uh it is very very cool all right last question uh this is a it's gonna be a toughie but uh, i think it's a very fun question so you're starting a band from scratch and you have the first overall pick of any musician ever alive or dead whoever you want you're starting a band who's the guy you take man um it's funny because we did a we did a uh, a fantasy draft of bands, like not the bands, but like the individual members of the band, and then we had to have our put our band together to cover an album. I remember it, the album was Ziggy Stardust, which is it's funny that because that fish just played that. Um, I can't remember who I took overall. I know I took Keith Richards as my second or third pick, uh, but you know I'm I'm gonna again stay true to you know just my personal leanings here, and if we're putting a band together. What I really care most about is that this band is going to do something interesting, something um, that hasn't been done before, and and also somebody that can bring people together and get that out of them. So I'll just say Miles Davis because that's that's what Miles Davis did for his whole career. Uh, he was always a step ahead, uh, but he you know he's I, I see parallels between. I'll bring this back to football. Miles Davis and Bill Belichick because how. Wow, a Miles. Da- yeah. Who saw a Miles Davis, Bill Belichick parallel coming? Right, right. It's true that that's you know if you put the two of them side by side, that doesn't seem to make sense. Except maybe they have like the fierce, burning anger of a thousand suns <laughs> in them, you know. 
but like like Belichick, Miles Davis was listening to everything and, and, and never afraid to just take something or have something change his mind about how to go about something. So uh, I, I just think that you, know, you start out with Miles Davis and then everybody else that you get in this band, how you arrange this band, what you decide this band will embody will be something different uh, and, and something that pushes the mind forward of, of musicians everywhere. So I'll get Miles Davis and everyone else we get together will certainly do their best. That is, see, that's why we do this segment. I love it. We got a Miles Davis, Bill Belichick parallel, and it makes total sense. Uh, terrific stuff, Sigmund, as always. Uh, again, uh, follow Sigmund at footballguys.com. Uh, anything in particular uh, going on over there uh, uh, sp- specific to this week, Sigmund? No, just, you know, we're, we're marching through certainly a lot of our tools now, uh, you know, the DFS tools, we have a lot more data to munch on now. And I, I think that, you know, we are getting to cruising altitude now once these teams settle down as we get to the first quarter and all the tools, all the apps are going to be more and more helpful as we go on. Follow them on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, thank you so much. Can't wait till next week. Always a pleasure. Terrific stuff from Sigmund, as always. Uh, cannot wait to chat with Sigmund again next week. Also. Another This Week in Fantasy coming out tomorrow or Saturday. Get ready for that. Should be fun. A little more of a macro look at where fantasy is right now with a special guest, potentially an international what a time to be alive! guest. Uh, so that'll be coming out soon. Keep an eye out for that. And again, the uh, the Patreon waiver wire show starts sitcom tomorrow on bleedinggreennation.com. And of course, the Delaware Park WIP show on Sunday, the WIP Facebook page. It will be shared from the Bleeding Green Facebook page. Again, that is 1030 to 1230. So check in for that and, uh, and say hello. So uh, again, everyone, good luck this week. Hopefully you're looking at, uh, at going 4-0 or 3-1 or uh, hopefully, if not uh, one in four, come back and win them all. Either way, let's go get that win this week. Again, if I can help you out, hit me up at James Seltzer on Twitter or uh, on that Sunday morning show on the Facebook Live page. So I will be back with another edition of This Week in Fantasy uh, later this week, like I said, either tomorrow or Saturday. And then, uh, of course, next week, back at it with Sigmund. And again, start sitcom tomorrow on bleedinggreennation.com. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with Sigmund and again later this week with a special uh, bonus edition of This Week in Fantasy. Until then, thank you for listening to the Week 4 Preview Edition of This Week in Fantasy. Fantasy.